What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders and today we have, or I guess tonight because I'm recording this after the game, but the Washington Commanders have snapped the Baltimore Ravens 24 game preseason win streak dating back all the way to 2015. They, some people are calling them the Washington spoilers after the Eagles win last year, the Steelers win two years before, or yeah, two years ago as well. And now the streak for the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason is now over. The Commanders have beaten the Ravens 29-28 to in an absolute thriller of a preseason game led by Sam Howell. We'll talk about him in a second. We've got more to talk about as well, including the offensive line. We've got standouts. How about Jake Fromm in that fourth quarter in the clutch? And then, of course, there's just so much to talk about. We've got some other stuff, including, unfortunately, some injuries towards the end of this episode. But, yeah, let's just get right into it with Sam Howell. Howell had a very, very good night overall. I really liked what I saw from him. He was 19 of 25, 188 yards, two touchdowns. He took two sacks for a total of 20 yards, but had a passer rating of, I believe, 123 or something like that. Some some absurd number, which was just incredible to see because how primetime television, Monday Night Football, you couldn't have asked for a better performance from your possible future franchise quarterback. He looked in control the entire night from uh, not the entire night, but the entire time he played from the beginning of the first quarter all the way through the first half. So, I mean, the, the game started off with a touchdown, quick touchdown from Baltimore, Baltimore, but Howell led a 15-play, 72-yard, over nine-minute drive on the first possession for Washington. Unfortunately, it ended up with a field goal, but what a first drive from Washington. I haven't seen something that dominant Maybe there was one drive last year that was as dominant as that one in terms of controlling the clock. It took almost the entire first quarter. Nine minutes and 10 seconds on 15 plays is absolutely wild. Again, unfortunately, only ended in a field goal, which I really felt like Washington should have gone for it. It was like a fourth and goal from the three or four yard line, I think. So Washington really should have gone for it, especially with the preseason and stuff. But Ron Rivera, he pulls out Sam Howell, puts in Joey Sly, and Joey Sly knocks down the field, the chip shot field goal. So the first drive was really great. There was one play where Howell got sacked for 20 yards, not 20 yards, for 13 yards. And then he came back and threw an absolute dot to Cole Turner, who Cole Turner himself looked really good today. But like it was, yeah, it was second and two. Howell gets sacked for 13 yards. He goes to third and 15 and he fires an absolute missile to Cole Turner across the middle of the field and picks up the first down, which I haven't seen Washington convert a third and 15 in I don't know how long. It's been a while, all right? It's been a while. So that was also great to see in the first possession. The second possession didn't go as great. Hal couldn't really get things going yet. I feel, yeah, he had a, a quite a few incompletions, and I think um, uh, there was some penalties on this play as well. Yeah, Sadiq Charles had a holding penalty on this one. Nick Gates was had an ineligible da- uh, downfield or ineligible man downfield on Nick Gates on the same play with Sadiq Charles's holding. So that kind of set the drive back a little bit. It made it a first and 20, and Washington really couldn't convert. I was kind of confused. It was first and 20, and then um, I believe Sam Howell handed it off to Brian Robinson in this one. So I'm not really sure what the plan was there because um, 
it was first and 20 and we handed it off and Robinson gained like three yards. So I'm not exactly sure what the plan was, but uh, yeah, overall it was not that great of a drive. How about Matt, uh, what's his name? Michael Pilardi, I think the guy that Washington brought over as the punter um, again, the punter from last week, last week's game against Cleveland, he got released and then Pilardi comes in and is the punter for this week with Tressway still out, uh, making sure that he gets some rest before the season starts. And Pilardi absolutely pinned this one at the Baltimore one-yard line. Great job by the special teams. I don't remember who actually was the one that like tipped it and made sure it stayed in bounds, but it was a great job by, by Washington special teams. Get Baltimore down inside the five-yard line, which was incredible. And then on the next drive, I think, yeah, it was four drives total for that Sam Howell ran. And on the next two drives, it was back-to-back touchdowns. So nine plays, 45 yards in just under five minutes in the second quarter after an interception from Quan Martin, who we'll talk about in a little bit more in a little bit. But Sam Howell on the, on his third drive looked super comfortable, super in control. Jahan Dotson, uh, I think, was a big uh, – no, okay, it wasn't this one. But – um. Yeah, Dotson started to get some targets, get some catches, which was really cool to see. I think it was either around this time or it was the next one. Okay, it was the next one. But around this time, Terry McLaurin went down with an injury, a toe injury, which, again, x-rays were negative. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But Terry McLaurin uh, down with an injury. Jahan Dotson steps up as the wide receiver one and just absolutely dominates, uh, yeah, dominates the next two drives. Uh, the first touchdown drive ended with an Antonio Gibson touchdown. The second touchdown drive ended with a Diami Brown touchdown. So that was cool to see. Two-minute drill for Sam Howell, and he finds Diami Brown, ends up on a how many yards was it? Yeah, 79 yards on 10 plays in one minute and 22 seconds for Sam Howell. It was Sam Howell to Diami Brown to cap off the drive, which was really cool to see. Again, two teammates, Howell, Brown, at UNC, they had 20, I believe, the broadcast said, touchdowns together in their career at UNC, which was really cool to see over the course of two seasons. So that is incredible. And then, yeah, Jahan Dotson, especially on the second drive, just completely took over. He had five straight targets from Sam Howell. Dotson, let me see, finished the night. He was, Yeah, he finished the night as the leading receiver for Washington. Five catches on seven targets for 76 yards. Terry McLaurin also, in his time when he was healthy, three catches for 39 yards on three targets. So both of the two wide receiver, like one, like it really, I know I praise Jahan Dotson a lot, but like this man can really be a wide receiver one. And I truly believe it. So top two receivers get, um, are the two leading receivers for the night. Both of them play the entire first half. The um, entire starting offense played the entire first half for the most part. Charles Leno didn't play. Logan Thomas didn't play. And Andrew Wiley only played the first drive because Wiley's also dealing with a little bit of an injury. So it was, I believe, Trent Scott who came in at right tackle. Cornelius Lucas started at left tackle. Trent, Trent Scott comes in at right tackle and plays in replace of Andrew Wiley. So that was how the first half went. It was 17-14 Washington. And then, yeah, that was, that was Sam Howell. Um, I guess we'll talk more here about the offensive line because – the offensive line looked a whole lot better than it did in week, yeah, in preseason week one against the Cleveland Browns. Like it, it was astronomically better. We know that in joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens, it looked a lot better than it did in the game against Cleveland. I know a lot of beat reporters said it. A lot of people that attended those joint practices said it. 
And then it continued into the game, which is great because we we have a rookie quarterback under center. And it was really – I was expecting Hal to be under pressure for a majority of the night. But the offensive line did a great job. Now, I do want to point out it was against the second team for the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense played some starters, but mostly it was just second team. And the offensive line did a great job. So, again, a little bit of um, possibly because it was just the second team for the Ravens. But, again, offensive line, a lot better job than they did in Cleveland. So, overall, I okay, a guy I want to shout out on this offensive line from tonight, Sam Cosme looked incredible at right guard. I think right guard is definitely the move for Cosme this year. I know we drafted him to be that right tackle of the future, but it has not worked out. And now at right guard, moving the right guard, he struggled a little bit last year too, but he looked better than he did in the past at right tackle. And now with an entire offseason being able to work at that right guard spot with this offensive line, he's looked he's looked really good at right guard, which is great to see because Right now, I would even say Cosme is the best. I think I think most people can agree with this as well. Sam Cosme is the best um, player on this offensive line right now for Washington. He has looked dominant every practice. He has looked dominant during the Cleveland game, dominant during the Baltimore game now at right guard. So shout out to him because he did an incredible job. And the offensive line overall in general, there was a few holding calls. But overall in general, a very great job. Um, Washington, in terms of penalties on the night, they had five. Baltimore had six. So, again, it wasn't as – I know in the game against Cleveland, we did a really good job. It was no false starts, no illegal procedures, anything like that. There were a few this time. There were a few definitely in the second and third team offensive linemen or offensive lines. But overall, still a lot better than it was last season, which is great seeing under Eric Bieniemy. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the offensive line. In terms of standouts now, standouts, there, there's a lot. There's a lot. Here, I'm going to go through the list. We'll start with a guy who struggled against the Cleveland Browns and got a lot of hate for it, and then he got on Twitter after the game and um, saw saw stuff and liked stuff that people hated on. It kind of became a feud between the commander's secondary and um, fans of the team. But how about Quan Martin? He had himself a game. He started out with, I believe, a missed tackle opportunity. That first drive for the defense was horrible. It wasn't good at all. You had players not even like making tackles and stuff, not even really attempting for tackles. Quan Martin was one of them. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. He was one of them that like didn't really put a lot of effort into a tackle, and he missed it. But then he came back on that second possession or the second defensive possession. And was it the second one? No, it was the third one, the third defensive possession for um, Washington. And he picked off in the end zone, Josh Johnson. So that was, that was great. Johnson only had two incompletions on the night. And one of them was the interception in the end zone to, uh, to Quan Martin. And then Quan Martin, again, if if I'm if I'm the secondary coach, I'm telling him to stay in the end zone here. But I think again, it's preseason, all right. And so he takes it like seven yards out of the end zone, which he did a great job, by the way, of keeping his feet in bounds, which was great job from Quan Martin there. 
but he took it like seven yards out of the end zone. And if this was a regular season game, I feel like he would have just gone down. I feel like he's a smarter player than taking it out of the end zone like that. But he took it out of the end zone and he picked up like 70 yards, sorry, 59 yards on the return. So that was great. He took it to like midfield and I felt like he still could have kept on running and could have even maybe even took it to the house, but he just ran out of gas at the end, which he ran like, I feel, if there's a next-gen next stats on this, he ran like 80 yards, I felt like, on that play. So that man was out of gas by, by the end by the end of it. But a 59-yard return from Quan Martin, there was some good blocking as well from uh, the Washington defense on the return. So great, great, great uh, game from Quan Martin. Another guy I want to shout out, how about Jarrett Patterson? All right, Jarrett Patterson, the UDFA running back, standing at like five foot ten, I think, or five foot nine, a smaller guy, but his touchdown run was incredible. Oh, uh, no, yeah, well, I think it was a catch actually. Yeah, it was a catch, but um, didn't really do that much on the ground. But his one touchdown catch came in the second half, and it was to almost tie the game for Washington. It was like they scored, they were down by two, and they missed the two point conversion. But the um the touchdown, it, it, how much time was left in the game? With under nine, under four, with like four minutes to go in the game, down by twenty eight to twenty, and uh in the clutch, like he made a few guys miss, which is great. Still, I don't think it's going to be enough for him to make the roster. But um yeah, he had a really solid game. Another running back that had a really solid game was Derek Gore. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him. He had on three carries, he had 23 yards, including a 15 yard run. So great game from Derek Gore, which we haven't really seen much of him. And then Jonathan Williams as well, who had two carries for 15 yards. We saw both of them run the football a lot, which was really cool to see some other guys that stood out. I already talked about, okay. Yeah. Like Jahan Dotson had five catches, 76 yards, Terry McLaurin, three catches, 39 yards. I talked about that. And then how about Bryson Tremaine in the clutch on that final drive? Um, yeah, on that final drive with Jake Fromm, at quarterback, trying to get in the field goal range and snap the streak. Two catches for 18 yards, both of them coming on the final final drive, and his longest being 13 yards. And he also uh, forced a defensive pass interference that kept the game alive, kept the game alive for Washington, which was really cool to see in terms of uh, in terms of. Tackle leaders for this game, David Mayo, Percy Butler, and Ratchet Wild Goose, each had four. Uh, all of them had four. No sacks on the night for Washington, which, again, Baltimore has four very mobile quarterbacks. Baltimore only played Josh Johnson for the first half and then Anthony Brown for the second half. But, again, Baltimore have very mobile quarterbacks, and we know, I've talked about it on past episodes, Washington has done a, a not-so-great job at containing these scrambling quarterbacks. So, um, it wasn't that, yeah, no sacks on the night. And again, uh, I don't think I mentioned this before, but I think it was pretty obvious. No Washington starters as well on the night. Um, none of them really played besides Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin, if you classify him as a starter, and then Jamin Davis and Cody Barton played. But beyond that, none, none of the defensive line played. Chase Young didn't play and all of that. So those are the guys. Okay. And one more guy, sorry, one more guy that I like to stand, uh, that I think stood out. How about Joey Sly in the clutch? Cannot forget about him. A 49-yarder with like nine seconds left in the game or 15 seconds left in the game to end the streak once and for all for the Baltimore Ravens. 
how about that? Like the intensity, this place at, at FedEx Field, like fans were there. It was, I wouldn't say it was packed based on what the broadcast was, or broadcast looked like, but there were fans there and it was loud. And Joey Sly in the closing seconds of the game drills a 49 yarder, which was great. He had, um, he had three field goals on the night plus two extra points, made all of them. Sly, of course, beating out Michael Badgley for that uh, ki- for that uh, kicker position on the final roster earlier this week. So Joey Sly did a great job. Again, Michael Pilardi with the punt team did a great job. Sly, there was one time um, – oh, hold on. I think I forgot – okay, yeah, I want to stand up. But uh, well, there was one time when, like, Cameron Cheeseman snapped the ball in one of the field goals or maybe it was the extra point, but it, like, dribbled to Tress Way, which I know Tress Way has said a few weeks ago, Cameron Cheeseman is trying to fix, well, he's not trying to fix, but he's trying out a new technique with his snaps this year, and it has not worked out, all right? I don't know if he can go back to his old way of how he did it, but it has not worked out. I don't really know what he's, like, doing right now. Not worked out. Um, So hopefully he can go back because I am starting to get a little worried about that. But yeah, those are those are pretty much all of the standouts. I would say um, that like stood out to me. I'm gonna go back and watch the film. You can see it on my Twitter, Mason underscore Kenahan, just my name, where um, I'm gonna be posting film and stuff from the game tomorrow. Uh, I guess the day this episode comes out, and then on Wednesday as well. So uh, if you want to see more content and stuff on this game, check out my Twitter or X or whatever it's called. But um, yeah, those were all the standouts. Now, moving on to a guy who also stood out to me, but I felt like deserved his own section. He, he deserves his own section of this podcast. And that is none other than the Georgia Bulldog legend himself, Jake Fromm. Because Jake Fromm put on a show in that fourth quarter. He, he in the clutch, I keep on saying this, in the clutch, Joey Sly, but... Jake Fromm really strung together multiple solid, multiple solid um, uh, drives. He led a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, and then a field goal drive later on that went sixty yards in two minutes and forty-four seconds and fourteen plays. Like, yeah, two fi- a fifty-nine yard drive for a touchdown and a sixty-yard drive for a field goal. Um, yeah, Jake Fromm has ice in his veins. He's got that dog in him after after this game because, man, he looked really good. He took control of this offense with the with like guys like Bryson Tremaine at, at wide receiver and Kaz Allen and Mitchell Tinsley. But, um, yeah, he was slinging it out there, which was really cool to see. He had a nice throw to Tremaine for 13 yards. He hit Tinsley, I think, twice maybe, maybe once. I know Tinsley had a catch for eight yards. Uh, yeah, he hit, he hit Tinsley twice. Um, Tinsley, he on five targets, he only caught two two catches. But um, yeah, overall, just solid night from Tinsley. Solid night. Kaz Allen had three catches for twenty six yards, caught all of his targets. Definitely made more of an impact offensively than he did in the game against Cleveland. Plus, he had a return as well. Yeah, he had a twenty yard punt return, which was really which which was really cool to see. So um, yeah, that was. It was great. The third team offense looked really good. The offensive line was solid. It had its moments that would have faltered, but overall the offensive line was really solid as well. 
Um, yeah, but Jake Fromm, shout out to him, snapping the streak, being the quarterback to do so. That that's that's what you love to see out of your third string quarterback. He's still fighting out there. So good stuff from him. And now for the other stuff, because th- th- there's some other stuff that we need to talk about that is not that good, plus some other things. So first, first, we gotta talk about Terry McLaurin because this is this is a little bit worrisome. Terry McLaurin goes down in the middle of the second quarter with a toe injury. It looked like he had a catch. And it looked like his ankle got rolled up a little bit. So we will have to wait for an update. I know Ron Rivera, I listened to his press conference before I recorded this. He did not give an update on it. And right now, x-ray is negative. But there's really no update. Rivera said day-to-day. But don't really know. We'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, a toe injury. Washington fans are way too familiar with those. With Antonio Gibson, the other like it was either last year, I think it was two years ago, having that turf toe that really put him out for a while. I mean, there's been a lot of turf toe injuries for Washington and that have put like stars or impact players, impact starters out for a while. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully he'll be ready for week one. But if not, I, I am, I know some people say that they're, that it will be, it'll be a hit. It would be a hit. But I'm confident in Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. Deami Brown looked really good tonight with uh, Sam Howell at quarterback. Brown, he was targeted a lot and then finally got his one catch, I believe. Maybe he had two. Um, maybe he had two. Hold on. No, yeah, he had two catches for 27 yards, six targets, though. And you saw Sam Howell really trying to uh, get the ball out to his former college teammate. But I'm confident in Deami Brown. We got Byron Pringle, Kaz Allen, Mitchell Tinsley. This, this Terry McLaurin injury could definitely affect how things go in terms of how many wide receivers Washington carries. Maybe if this is a longer injury and Terry will have to miss time for parts of the season or into the regular season, maybe this means both Kaz Allen and Mitchell Tinsley make the roster or Kaz Allen and Dax Milne. I wouldn't say both of them are Dax Milne and Mitchell Tinsley, but like, Two of those four guys, in terms of Mitchell Tinsley, Dax Milne, Kaz Allen, and Marcus Kemp, would make the roster, and Washington would have to carry seven. So that is something that was um, that was definitely important. Another guy, uh, I felt like another, yeah, another guy that went down was Deami Brown. Just talked about him. He went down with a possible head injury. He got kneed or like he got hit in the back of the head, which did not look good, but. Um, they, they ruled him that he didn't have a concussion, cleared concussion protocol. I don't think he came back into the game, but that was something to take note of. I think he's going to be fine. Chris Rodriguez had a fumble in this one, which wasn't great. He was kind of just running and then he just lost the football. So something to keep an eye on. I know we've had fumble problems in the preseason with guys like Antonio Gibson in the past. So Chris Rodriguez, we'll have to wait and see with him and how things play out with that. But um, beyond that, I think that was pretty much everything to wrap this one up. Sam Howell overall looked absolutely incredible. Joey Sly in the clutch, nailing a 49-yard field goal. Uh, again, Howell, Howell after this game, I'm excited because this is – he's really starting to show that he can truly be that guy in Washington. And now that the whole country has seen it, now that it was on national TV – I mean, going 19 of 25 for 188 yards and two touchdowns, like in one half on national TV when the like entire country is watching you, that that's that's something that is 
uh, is is great. It's great if you're Sam Howell. And um, yeah, that that was pretty much it. Josh Harris was in the broadcast booth. I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but he was in the broadcast booth for a little bit of with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, which was very interesting. A very interesting sight to see. We'll just say that. We'll leave it at that. But yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. No guests this week, but I'm recording this. It is 12, 13 a.m. And um, yeah, Monday Night Football, first Monday Night Football of the season. Washington goes on and beats the Baltimore Ravens 29-28 to to snap the Baltimore Ravens' 24-game preseason win streak. I, I was in elementary school when the Ravens last lost a preseason game. I am graduating high school this year, and yet they just lost their first preseason game. So that is something that just shows you the longevity of this streak. But yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders. See you guys in the next one. Peace.